This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. So you had to make schedules so, and shit like that. For not only did stuff. you have to make schedules, but if somebody didn't show up, they called you, you had to come in. Whether it was your day off or not. Oh, fuck that, dude. No. Exactly. What the fuck was letting me work here till 3 o'clock in the morning last <laughs> night then? They're telling me, point blank, I'm not getting fucking fired. So I get there, and they immediately fire me. They pull me in. They try to give me this big lecture, and I seriously stop her at one point and go, man, I'm a, I'm a bad boy at a grocery store. <laughs> this is not my career. Like, she's going down this path of, you could never work for Publix again. And I was like, let me stop you. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. So me and my wife have always been dog people. Dogs are stoked to see you when you get home. They're ready to party if you say their name. In a word, dogs are awesome. I mean, Nikki and I have had cats before, but they shit in a box and expect you to clean it up. So with us being dog people, it was no surprise when we got our first dog a couple of years into us being married. And this is how we ended up with Max after an afternoon at the pound. Now, Max was this amazing, awesome dog by good dog standards. He knew all the tricks, sit, shake, speak, all that shit. He was the perfect size. He was one half golden retriever, one half basset hound. So he's basically a miniature golden retriever with short, stubby legs. He was perfect. And he was smart as fuck, like do your taxes kind of smart. But everything that was badass about Max, there was one glaring problem. He was an asshole. Now, I don't mean like a little bit of an asshole. I mean, pull your hair out and question your decision to rescue this fucking dog from the pound kind of an asshole. If you left our front door cracked by even an inch, he was gone. He would bolt and run as fast as he could. He would run and run as far as you would chase him, sometimes miles away from our house. This dog got me so angry that once I drove my car through a neighbor's front yard trying to catch him. I mean, I was in my 20s and I had some anger issues. What are you going to do? But I always chased him and he always ran. We always had to chase this fucking dog all the time until one day we watched a show called The Dog Whisperer. Now, if you've never seen The Dog Whisperer, it's got this little Mexican man named Cesar Milan who says, don't reason with your dog, dominate your dog. And you have to really pay attention to what he's saying. But as we're watching him, he says, listen, if your dog is running away from the house, it's not because your dog is a bad dog. If your dog's running away and you're chasing him, your dog is playing a game. You are playing a game with your dog and he is winning because you are playing with him and you are chasing him. You guys are both getting exercise. Your dog is stoked as fuck. He said, all you got to do is stop chasing him. He said, all your dog wants is to get some exercise. All your dog wants is to go on a walk every day and he'll be just fine. Suddenly, maybe Max wasn't the asshole. Maybe me and Nikki were the assholes. Could it really be this simple? Stop chasing him and this motherfucker will just come back? Take him for walks and he'll just be a good dog? There was no way it was going to work but we had to try it. We wouldn't chase him and inevitably Max just started coming back. Now, it might be after a couple hours in the neighborhood playing with all the neighborhood kids. This dog was like a rock star in our neighborhood, but he would always come back. And with that happening, we decided let's start taking him for walks and see if that works. Now, our old neighborhood was this typical suburban landscape with all these well-kept yards and flowers dotting our street. And the street that I lived on and all the side streets around us were perfect for a dog walk. It's about a mile and a half of just hills and straight shots, and it was just beautiful. 
So we start taking Max out and letting him go on walks. And typically, I would let Max piss on everything on the walk because when you're a dog, you got to let everybody else in the neighborhood know, hey, I'm here, like a how you doing sort of thing, letting them know that Max is in the yard. But I wouldn't let him poop in our neighbor's yards. Like I said, they were all well kept, so I didn't want to have my dog shit in their yard. I had better sense than that. I would wait till we got to like the common areas where it was like wooded and I'd take him a little bit further off the road and let him shit there. Or there were a couple of times that there were houses in our neighborhood that were up for sale and they looked like they were vacant or abandoned and I would let him shit in their yards because there was nobody there. The yards were all overgrown and shit. So one afternoon I'm taking him out like I've always done and I'm letting him piss on everything and we get to one of these houses in the back of our neighborhood kind of off in the cut and this house looks completely vacant. It looks like it's got to be getting ready to go up for sale. There's no cars in the driveway. The yard is all overgrown. Everything just looks like there's nothing going on here. There's nobody living here. So Max starts freaking out. He starts whining saying, you know, I got to poop, dude. It's got to happen right now. And I'm like, you know what? I look around. There's nobody around. This isn't anybody's house, obviously. Let's let him shit. So Max relieves himself and he is stoked as hell. He is like, thank you, God, this has finally happened. So we finish up our business and we walk back towards our house like we've done a million times before. But this time wasn't just like the other million times that we've done it. This time it was going to be a little bit different because me and Max both had just made a mess. We were about halfway home when suddenly this blue minivan comes screeching up next to me on this perfect little street dotted with these flowers and perfect yards. And this minivan wanted to make a huge production about them pulling up with squealing tires and stomping on the brakes. And suddenly the window rolls down and there's a very angry suburban housewife glaring at me through the window. Hey, you, did you and your dog just walk around to the back of the neighborhood? Yeah, I said, having no fucking clue as to why I was suddenly getting yelled at. Well, why did your dog just shit in my garden? And let me go ahead and tell you guys, this lady had her eight or nine-year-old kid in the car, and he has this look on his face like, Jesus, Mom, what the hell are we doing here? But the suburban housewife was not deterred by her kid being completely embarrassed by her. I said, ma'am, I had no idea there was a garden there, honestly. I'm really sorry. The property kind of looked vacant because I didn't see any cars and the yard was overgrown. Now, this did not sit well with her. She looked like I just slapped her across her weed and crabgrass-infested garden. Keep your dog away from my property going forward or else. Now, she's basically screaming at me through the window, just glaring at me with these eyes, boring daggers into my face. And I said, ma'am, I'm so, so sorry about this. And I'm stifling a smile the whole time. And she's glaring at me with those angry hamburger helper eyes. And then she just made this huge production about squealing off and going back towards her house. And as soon as the dust cleared and the suburban housewife was gone, I just couldn't stop smiling at Max because for once, this dog wasn't being an asshole to me, but he was still being an asshole. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Now That I'm Older, a show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online at nowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that's going to help us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. Join Michelle in being one of our awesome Patreon subscribers, and if you give to us, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Potter Family. 
It's a family of podcasters who come together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass podcasts, and basically create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag, you're going to find our show as well as the Duke Riley podcast, the Bottomless Pit podcast, and the Sexperts podcast. And this week on episode 129, Kenny is employee of the month. We're going to talk about a few times that Kenny and I both got fired from a couple different jobs. And one time Kenny got fired when he wasn't even at work. So check it out. We'll be right back. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Have you ever gotten fired from a job? I've gotten fired from several jobs. Um, give me one quick story about a reason why you got fired, but please make it entertaining at least. Uh, wow. Good radio, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> you put me on the spot. I mean, entertaining to who? I mean, there's a time I got fired over... Uh, Another person not coming to work. Wait, what? How did you? How are you gonna get fired That's, on your day off? It was Bo. <laughs> it was fucking Bo of all people. If you guys have listened to the show. Kenny is uh, is really good friends. Like you could say best friends with this guy Bo. Um, and apparently, like Fuck Bo. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I was working at Dave and Buster's, and I was a department head. And a manager who did not like me got promoted to uh, assistant general manager. And the general managers don't do shit at Dave & Buster's. The AGs run everything. Okay. So, first of all, I've already got this department. I've got, like, I, well, you know Jeff. We've talked about Jeff before. Yeah, crazy, we have. Crazy Jeff. Crazy he was in my department. Bo was in my department. I had, like, all the misfits of Dave & Buster's. And yeah, then the misfit toys in your department. They were all like, we want you to be a department head. And I was like. I bet you do. <laughs> you know, your candidates here. Why do I get the like reject cast from Revenge of the Nerds? A girl named Penelope in there. She looked like fucking Shrek. And she was crazy like Jeff. Like her and Jeff would have made a good couple. Did you ever have sex with Penelope? No! She looked like fucking Shrek, dude. I would fucking date pretty girls. What the fuck's wrong with you? I'm just saying. Even the wrecks that I've dated have been physically attracted. <laughs> so you never had sex with Penelope? No! Uh, Never. Uh, no. If you knew Penelope, you know how gross of a question this was. Okay, so Like, why if did... you took all of our ugly friends and took their ugliest parts of them and made one person, then you'd have Penelope. Is it as bad as the one girl that uh, our friend Ray said was kind of like fucking a boy that had his penis worse. turned inside out? Worse. Ew. Way worse. Ew. Way worse. Ew. Way, way worse. Okay. okay. So, so we're you... talking a tube. <laughs> So and a dead person's a one. <laughs> wow. So yeah. Thank, so thank all you, these Penelope. idiots worked in my department. So this guy named Rip became our AG. Rip. Rip Ortega. Rip Ortega. Yes. That sounds made up, dude. Like you sure? I know it does. He was like four foot nine, so he had like. Short I think you told anger. me about this before. Rip Ortega. Like this is the guy yeah. who was a former le- uh, luchador. No, I don't, Shane's making stuff up again. Again, fake news. <laughs> He's a former luchador, dude. I think we both you know, know. You're hurting the liberal image. You're really, you're really adding to that whole. They just make a bunch of shit up. So Rip Ortega sounds like a chip sells. <laughs> I'll sell you some chips, man. So he's this little short motherfucker, and he's angry. 
So Dave and Buster's is a giant arcade, the part where I worked at. We, right. I controlled something called Cinema Ride. <laughs> You've told me about this before. It's a big box that moved around with a video, so it felt like you were moving. You were you would hustle people out of their oh, money. Oh, yeah, we were charging cash instead of selling the tickets. We were making good living off that shit. <laughs> Probably why Rip didn't like me. Maybe he, maybe he was wise to what was going on. <laughs> why is this thing not bringing in any kind of money? Well. But it's always full. Oh, they were pretty dumb at Dave and Buster's. They probably didn't know. So right outside my little unit was a free throw basketball game. Okay. So you literally shoot basketball right next to my station, right? <laughs> next to that is a three-point basketball station. And they have nets and stuff, but the balls are always flying out of there. And they're just basketballs. They're not even like tethered balls or anything weird. <laughs> and like they have like shot puts. This is not a sensitive area of the building. We're not in the fine dining area. There's no dishes around here. This okay. is an arcade. So the guy working the basketball game, his name was Siobhan. <laughs> this is like a girl's name. Siobhan was pretty cool. He smoked good weed. Okay. A young black dude. So he's there and he's bored. I'm I'm working cinema ride that night and there's nobody coming through, so I'm bored. Well, he grabs a football out of the prizes that he gives away when you get the win the basketball game. All right. And we start tossing a football and we're maybe like 15 yards apart. So it's not like <laughs> it's not like I'm pulling like a Peyton Manning and throwing bombs across the fucking arcade. But you are literally breaking every rule in the Dave no, Buster's rule. No, there's no rule of period about this. There's no rule because, as a matter of fact, the managers we used to we had a thing where you'd go through and you'd throw a football to the guy at the basketball station and back and forth. It was like something everybody did, including the other AG, the other uh, assistant general manager. But Rip Ortega never threw the football. Oh, no. Rip was too serious for all that shit. He hated fun. (laughs) Rip sounds like he was dead fucking serious about David Buster's. He was. He took David Buster's very serious. Like, this was going to be his step into a general management career. Right. Like, he was all about it. Now that his luchador career is over, (laughs) he has moved into being a general manager. I'm not commenting on any luchador comments. Shane's making shit up again. (laughs) Fake news. You don't know. No, I do. I was there. It's my story. You don't story. know if Rip Ortega was a fucking luchador or not. No, you I'm pretty no sure idea. he was not qualified to be a luchador. He wasn't very agile. <laughs> when you met him. <laughs> He's not Vampiro or anything. So you're throwing the football back and forth. And with, Rip comes out there with, and has a girl's fit. name. Yeah, with Savant. He was probably like a crip, so you don't want to watch your fucking... <laughs> I'm just saying... He lived on Franklin Road, dude. You would talk about <laughs> your fucking... You talk, you talk smack at your own fucking consequences. Okay. Um, his cousin was the lesbian that sold us all weed back then. The lesbian? That's, I don't remember the lesbian that sold oh, us all were, weed back then. That? Oh, that's right. You were all straight-laced back then. Yeah. I can't... Her name was Tanya, but she looked like a dude because she was butch. And no matter what, how much weed you bought from her, it came in dime bags. If you bought a half ounce, you got like eight dime bags. <laughs> and it was like, what the fuck? But it was good ass, sticky ass weed. What did the bag was that part of the weight too? <laughs> they were no, they were like pulled off of a bag of twisties. There was no weight to it. They were like that kind of. They were hood dime bags. The bag didn't weigh enough. <laughs> like they might have been in cellophane for all I fucking know. I don't know. It was so. Get, I remember opening up the first time, being like, "Huh." <laughs> so getting back to getting fired. So you're throwing a football. Throw football. I, this is not what I got fired for, by the way. This is just the first part of it. So Rip has a fit, calls me back into the office. He's like, "We don't think you should be." I'm taking you off department head. And I'm like, 
Okay. Well, so he demoted you. Well, there was no pay increase. We became a department head. So I was fine with that because I was also an auditor, which was above department heads. So I kept all my benefits, like my free food card for my auditor position, which Rip was not over. So he couldn't fire me for that. So Rip came in, uh, the authoritarian in your department, demotes you, takes away all your power in the department. Are you just- not, they don't want to depart. And I don't have to manage Jeff and Penelope, the fucking gargoyle anymore. <laughs> and Bo. I don't have to fucking deal with Bo's bullshit. Because being a department head sucked back then. So you, you had to make schedules so and shit like that. For not only did stuff. you have to make schedules, but if somebody didn't show up, they called you, you had to come in. Whether it was your day off or not. Oh, fuck that, dude. No. Exactly. Which leads us to part two of this wonderful story. <laughs> so there I was can a, imagine your response. There was a black manager lady named Ernie. I'm going to leave that alone. And I had to mention she's black and a lady because that's not a typical black lady's name, Ernie. No. <laughs> so it makes much more sense when I tell the story. Ernie had a reputation of being a total bitch. Like she would send people home for not having black socks on. Are you serious? Yes. She was that strict. I know how many people shit. Dave and Buster's went through. All my friends got fired or hired at one point at Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's had stupid rules. And then, uh, so she calls me like the very next day. <laughs> now, like, keep in mind, I just got demoted from department head. Bo doesn't show up to work. So she calls me, wanting me to come in. And I'm He's like, probably out stealing Magic the Gathering cards or some probably shit. Probably fucking trying to impregnate a pillow or something. I don't know. <laughs> that fucking stupid. So, <laughs> I, oh, actually, I'll, I'll, we get to what Bo was doing in a minute. I'll get to that. So Ernie calls, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I just got demoted. I got demoted. Well, you still need to come in. No, I'm not coming in. It was that moment where you're just like, and fuck this job. Will you lift your foot up and then put it down? And you're like, I, I'm putting my foot down and saying, you're no. like, I can get work at any fucking fast food place for the same money y'all are paying. And, and less not, abuse. And not to deal with this bullshit and get like a free Big Mac every day. So, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you guys. Basically, I'm like, I'm not coming in. She goes, if you don't come in, you're fired. I'm like, well, guess I'm fired then. <laughs> Woo. So you just shit on this job altogether. And we're like, I'm, I don't fucking care. Yeah, if basically. I, get fired. I mean, like, I just told him to fuck off. And then I go over to David's house, our friend David, and right. Telvis, who uh, sheltered Bo because he was homeless and didn't have a family because <laughs> his story is actually pretty sad if you break it down. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> he's not a piece of shit. His family was a no, piece he, of shit. They're a piece of shit too, but he still he stole Magic the Gathering cards. And went to jail for it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, I think that might have been Yu-Gi-Oh So I get over there shit. and guess who's asleep on the fucking couch? Um, Penelope? Bo. <laughs> I wasn't sure if like she had stayed there. After that was the day that Bo got thrown into the wall, <laughs> and I, we put that big hole in the wall. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Bo just basically decided to skip work altogether. Yeah, so he sleep. So he was tired. I guess he didn't get fired, <laughs> but got his head pushed through a wall that day. <laughs> Did you beat him with wood at any point? No, that's Ray's like gimmick. That? My gimmick was beating your ass for him. <laughs> Ray's gimmick was making you look stupid by pretending to beat your ass. If I was mad, I'd just beat your ass. By the way, Kenny has never, ever accosted me in any sort of a way because me and him have an agreement that we're not going to go to jail because we know that it's going to be a- <laughs> You know the chicken and Pete, Peter Griffin Exactly. Fight? We're going to be bringing It'll planes down. It'll roll out down. to the street. And somebody's going to call somebody. It's not going to be 
King's going to end up thrown through somebody's windshield or some shit. Because I don't fight like a regular person. Like, if there's a windshield there, hell yeah, I'll throw you through a windshield. Fuck you. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, I threw both hands. Actually, what it was is I'd kind of gotten, like, I was going for a submission on because I wanted to hurt him. I wanted to, like, put him in a sharpshooter and just reach So him. you were quasi-playing, but, like, definitely trying to hurt his ass. I wouldn't say quasi-play. That's the choice of pain I chose was to go with the... Because back then, we were pretty we were pretty swift with submission melts. Yeah, we were pretty we, nimble we, we back had, then. We had a lot of apartment wrestling under our belt by this time. My apartment also had a hole in it where uh, Adam and Paul yeah. got into a tussle. <laughs> yes. Uh, that hole was an ankle hole. It was much smaller than the whole box we had to replace with Bo's head. So... <laughs> So I had gone down to try to get him in a sharpshooter, and he actually had woken up at this point because I'd already chopped him. <laughs> you were chopping him in his sleep? Uh, that's how I woke him up. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and David and Telus were there, and they were just like, whip his ass. <laughs> they hated Bo at that point because he was the bum that lived in their apartment. <laughs> and he wouldn't shower. He wouldn't remember shower. They'd gross. have to make him do dishes, which was part of his rent. He smelled like, like onions. It was it like was having so a teenager bad. when you were only in your early 20s, and it was. The real question was, were you going Woo! Every time you hit him. Oh, no, I was sting style. I was going in all heated sting style where it was more of the two-handed woo every now and then. <laughs> I'm imagining you going, woo! And that's where things went south on me. I went in for a scorpion deathlock or a sharpshooter, choice of name, your preference. Right. And uh, as I went down to grab him, he was wet, ready for it because, you know, I was kind of known for the sharpshooter back in the day. Right. That or the ankle lock, which I'd fuck you up. It's actually an STF, but the whole head part of the STF is pointless. It really hurt my ankle. So ask your brother. I fucked him up with him. <laughs> Steve was mad at me for like two years. My fucking ankle still hurts, you son of a bitch. So anyway, I went for the, uh, the sharpshooter, and he got me in a headlock. Like he knew it was coming, so he just went leaned forward into the headlock, so I couldn't get his legs out from under him because I was he was leveraged over my back. Right. So I'm not gonna let Bo DDT me. That's just not gonna happen. So I decided just to stand up and fall backwards. <laughs> my plan was to land him on like an inverted pile driver from behind me, like almost like an Alabama slime into a pile driver onto his this head. This is on the concrete floor. Yes. On the bottom level of David and Telvis's house. It's not like he was, he was already brain damaged. It wasn't like we were going to hurt him any worse. So, so this, ho- this homeless person who has this tragic backstory is laying on the couch, sleeping, not harming you at all. He tried to reframe it. People know how Bo is. They've listened to the show. <laughs> Bo's a fucking piece of trash. As a matter of fact, his two roommates were sitting there cheering me on. So say what you will. So as he goes back, he tries to get out of this move I'm putting him in because he realized how quickly the headlock was not really an offensive position like he thought it was. <laughs> it was really me going to kill you on the concrete concrete. So as I came up and went to drop him, he tried to push up and like flip back, but Bo's not athletic. So he just kind of flopped up. And right as he flopped up, he went face first. Into the walls, I went down to the sitting position, like a sitting powerbomb. And Bo's head just went boom. <laughs> I remember getting up, and it was like a cartoon because his head was like stuck in, <laughs> in the sheetrock. So when I get up, he's still there and like bent over. 
And I went and I started hitting it with a belt. <laughs> I imagine you like working the body from behind. While I was just like, God damn it. You guys put a hole in the wall. You're hitting with my belt. <laughs> so it was like, it was more like ECW because I laid into it with that fucking belt. Like he went into a strap match with Bo. Except his head was stuck in a wall, so he couldn't even defend himself. So this I lashed is, his back pretty good. This is a la Robert Gibson getting handcuffed to the ropes while Ricky more, Morton. I was more Terry Funk on his ass. I'm saying Ricky Morton got like, strapped. There was no holding back on the strap. I was going on his ass. My story of getting fired is way less uh, and then, dramatic. Uh, then I went and uh, got some sheetrock from David's dad, who was a car, who was a uh, contractor. And I patched the wall. Bo was supposed to paint it. It took him two years to do his half. I patched my, the whole the wall with the sheetrock the very next day. Well, good for you. I'm a responsible adult. <laughs> Says the guy who put the guy through the wall in the first place. There would have been no hole to patch had you not. Had he not flopped up like a dead fucking fish, he would have gone face the. He would have hit the concrete floor like I planned. So <laughs> everything would have been kosher. Let me just say that I think it's completely bullshit that Kenny got fired on his day off, but if Kenny threw Bo through my wall, I would have been pissed as fuck too. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we're going to hear about a time that I got fired, and later on, we're going to hear about a time that Kenny's mom completely sold him down the river. So check it out. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Tip 21. If your portable telephone rings whilst you're enjoying a film, it is a dick move to answer your telephone and speak at a normal volume during the screening. Instead, exit the cinema and return the call in private. It should have been off anyway, fuckhead! For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. I'm going to make him an offer he can refuse. Now That I'm Older has kicked off our very own Patreon over at patreon.com slash now that I'm older. And I was able to get a couple of thoughts from Kenny about our brand new Patreon the fuck is a Patreon? As you can tell, he's very excited and so am I. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older. It's going to allow you to pick from different goals that we've set up, things that we want to do to accomplish a better podcast for you guys, to bring you guys a better podcast every single week and to get you guys a better now that I'm older. We've got some things that we're going to need to do and we're going to need your help with them. But if you give us help, we're going to give you something right back. Things like shout outs from Kenny, stickers, t-shirts, exclusive content, all sorts of stuff. So go to patreon.com slash now now that I'm older and I'm, we're going to close out now with a few more words from Kenny about what he thinks about Patreon. I thought you were talking about a role-playing character. You thought Patreon was a role-playing character. It sounds like one of the bad guys they would throw at us. There's your commercial. Thanks. Cause Harold, you know, he's always been the dependable one and I've always been the screwed up one. Right, dad? <laughs> Why can't you be more like your brother? Uh, Harold would never beat up his landlord. In the future, roving bands of comic book podcasts will savage the wasteland, once known as the Internet. One podcast, the Grawlix Podcast, may not be the biggest, may not be the funniest, may not be the most well-spoken. Wait, what was my point again? Oh, yes, the Grawlix Podcast. Listen to it at GrawlixPodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X Podcast.com. Hey.
I have one simple request. And that is to have sharks with frickin' laser beams attached to their heads. Now, evidently, my cycloptic colleague informs me that that can't be done. Uh, can you remind me what I pay you people for? Honestly, throw me a bone here. Shit. So for me, my story of getting fired is a lot less dramatic. Um, I worked at Checkers. It was one of my first real jobs. And <laughs> this is back when Checkers was like... <coughs> Checkers was like a brand new thing in Georgia. Like nobody had ever seen a checkers before. Well, where's the inside? <laughs> Why can't I go inside? Is there not a dining room in there? What do I do? So I just walk up to the front and people were so confused because we had two <laughs> drive throughs and one of them you would go through, but they would hand you food through the passenger window. And we would get so many idiots who would come through without a passenger <laughs> and they had to be leaned across the seat <laughs> grabbing fucking checkers season fries and fucking large drink i dropped a couple of drinks like a well, couple you're of, shitty I mean, no a couple of people had their hand out and took their hand away as i handed them the drink and then they got mad at me and I'm i don't like, even know why they have the second drive through how is that supposed to make things faster <laughs> if you have a passenger it's fine now you just have two times as much people to serve that doesn't make it faster it just gives people the illusion of it moving faster it's still the same fucking line people it's still the same <laughs> amount. Add another cook to cook from the other side of the building. Okay? And the worst fucking part was because it was so new, they had no idea how many people they needed. So they would consistently understaff this fucking restaurant. All right. So now that you've gone into the checkers corporate mantra, <laughs> how did you get fired? <laughs> Well, I have to give you a little bit of background because we explains- all know how Checkers works. No, 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 We're not no. stupid. I'm talking about my job at Checkers. So they would completely understaff this place on a regular basis. At the time, I had no car. So I'm riding a bike like two miles to get to work <laughs> in the fucking July heat and shit like that. I go in one morning and I get there. At Shane like- literally became everybody's dad. <laughs> I rode my bike to work both ways. I feel both ways in the heat <laughs> and the snow. <laughs> I would lose 10 pounds every day or the amount of sweat I would drop. That probably would have helped your ass. But um, I go into work and like legit more than once I'll show up at like 10 o'clock and we will work until like – Two o'clock before we even get to lift our head. There's so many fucking people. It would be just balls to the wall. Season like, fries were off the popular. Man. You have no idea. We ran out of Coke one time. Okay. Ran out of Coke products. <laughs> like there was no anything to drink. We can make you sweet tea, ma'am. I don't want any sweet tea. I want a goddamn Coke. You ain't got no Coke. I'm going to go across the street to Burger King then. And then people would say that shit to me like it would bother me. I'm giving like, shit. Um, okay. <laughs> I would just want to look at him as a teenager and be like, I'm giving shit where you go. The fuck out I'm of this a, line. I make $8 an hour either way, bitch. Dude, back then I was making $4 an hour. 4.00. That's slave wages. I came into work one morning, busted my ass all morning to a point where the guy, the manager on the staff looks at me and goes, Shane, how much money are you making right now? I said four dollars an hour, sir. He goes, starting tomorrow, you make four twenty-five. I want to be like, thank Gee. you, sir. Gee, I'm making an extra two dollars a day. Now, now I can get married and have children. Thank God. <laughs> now my kid doesn't have to lose his fucking leg. Oh, Tiny Tim will be so impressed with your fucking charity, sir. But. It was like slave labor. It legit was. Oh, I know. I worked in fast food for two days. <laughs> I worked in fast food for a little bit. Well, I can't help it that you took longer to figure out what hiring figured out in two days. Fuck this. So I pretty much became disenfranchised with the idea that I was going to go to Checkers and build a career out of it pretty fast. <laughs> so we had this one chick, actually these two chicks that got fired from Checkers, who would always come up 
after work, they both got fired for like, oh, Jesus, they were handing food out through the window and shit. They were fucking, they were fucking guys in the back of checkers and shit. Yeah. Like it was, it was pretty bad. So they got fired from their job, but they would come up there and hang out and every night. And you know what I'm talking about? They would have food that uh, people wouldn't pick up. Like they'd have milkshakes and shit like that, that people wouldn't pick up at the end of the night. Like people would order them and then pull out a line cause they'd forget their wallet or some shit like that. So we'd have leftover shit at the end of the night. So these two chicks come up to the window and they're like, you got any banana shakes in there? I'm like, well, yeah, we just have one that, that nobody wanted just a little bit ago. So I walk over to the freezer. I grab a banana shake and I walk over and I hand it to this girl. Her name was Holly. Sucker. My manager walks up behind me. He goes, did Holly pay for that shake? And I said, no, sir. He said, all right, Shane. Well, I'm going to need you to show up here tomorrow. We're going to have a conversation about this. Now, keep in mind, he already knows he's fucking firing me. He knows right then he's going to fire me. But he I'm lets like, me. I'm not coming back here to Paris, sir. <laughs> I know what you know. So this is very more the south for you. <laughs> You're not me because I would have been right then and there. No, we're going to do this now. <laughs> so he knows he's firing me, but he tells me. I said, "Are you going to fire me?" He goes, "No, we're just going to have a conversation about it." So I'm thinking I'm going to get written up. He lets me go ahead and close that night till three o'clock in the morning. I asked him point blank, "Am I getting fired?" He said, no, well, let's be closed till 3 a.m. I wouldn't have told you either if I was him. Fuck you. <laughs> I show up the next day and he stands in the back of the restaurant. Now, keep in mind, I have been one of the only slave wage per- people at the entire restaurant who stuck with it since it opened. Okay. I was one of the original, like, OG employees of Checkers. <laughs> you were OG Checkers, huh? Okay. <laughs> OGC for life, save, baby. <laughs> save that. <laughs> so I'm one of the OGs at Checkers. I walk in the next day and he goes, um, you know, we, uh, we can't have you passing food through the window through, uh, for people. We can't do that. I was like, dude, I saw you last night make like $20 worth of food to take to your family. <laughs> this is my response to the manager. It actually wasn't the manager. It was the owner of the store. And, uh, he was like, yeah, but I own the store, like all the ground beef, all that shit. If I want to make anything for myself, I'll make it for myself. Shane, you can't hand food through the window for former employees. I've got no choice but to fire you. I said, what the fuck was letting me work here till three o'clock in the morning last night then? And they're telling me point blank, I'm not getting fucking fired. Well, you might not have. You had to be like, well, you took your family. (laughs) You did kind of antagonize him with that. You didn't tell me he was the owner. That does change things from fucking career manager at Checkers to guy who bought a franchise. A little bit different. Asshole, maybe fucking feel sympathy for your fucking smart alecky mouth. <laughs> you took your family food, give it to Holly, who you just fired for being a shitty employee. That was a bad decision on your part. You should have told Holly to go fuck herself. Well, I mean, it was just one milkshake. You were probably work? working harder because of Holly's slack ass anyway. I was definitely. <laughs> um, sucker. Yeah, I ended up punching a hole in the wall in the back of the checkers that day and then leaving. <laughs> um, so, that job mattered that much huh? no it didn't matter that much I was just that fucking mad that the dude would have the audacity to have me work till 3 o'clock in the morning they, they made me come into Publix to fire me when I was a teenager why is it they won't just tell you at the end of the huh. shift before? the worst part is my mom was the one that ratted me out to Publix <laughs> how did your mom write you out i was a fucking grocery boy that's a shitty job in the summer in the south the guy who carries the groceries out did you ever get tips or was Fuck this- yeah i got tips I mean, I to, I kind of dance around me, like make sure i put my body in between check the the front make sure the manager saw you taking a tip but i ain't gonna turn down no fucking money what's the best tip you ever got like a handy and they all gave like two dollars it was fucking did you ever get a handy from no. anybody 
<laughs> Dude, it was hot and clammy out there. It wasn't even hot. Me. <laughs> Get your hands off me. It's too hot for that. Get your hands out of my pants. <laughs> my, my, my legs sounded like this every day. <laughs> I, had, I had the fucking fat kid rash all summer. That fucking job. I hated that shit. So at one point, I got fed up. And this is my first job. I'm like 15. Can't even drive you. <laughs> so I'm deciding I'm fed up, but I don't have the balls at 15 swish, to quit. Swish, swish, <laughs> swish, swash. It's more of a swish swash. Swish swish is just vel- velvet or uh, corduroy. <laughs> swish swish is corduroy. Swish swash is when you got wet thighs. <laughs> and you're trying to like go to the bathroom, but you don't really have to pee. You're just trying to dry off your fucking shit. <laughs> it's like not regular wet. It's like slime wet. That's gross. Oh, God damn. Yeah, exactly. And you get fucking, basically fucking diaper rash. This shit's horrible. So I decided enough of this shit. I'm not poor. There's no reason. Everything I need is in this house. My parents have plenty of food here. I don't need a fucking job. Fuck my dad. He's making me get a job I don't fucking need. How long did you work in Publix? I worked there for like two months. It was like a great employee. Like it was my first job. I took it all serious. I was all pumped up about it. And all the fucking little front managers were like, yeah, 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 you have a great job. We're still going to pay you like $7 an hour, like slave wages, but whatever. So, you know, at that age, you're also doing shit like trying to like, maybe if I can get five extra, five minutes early for break and then five minutes late, I got an extra two minutes. <laughs> and you think you're slick? Like they just don't care because you're like a low Because you're, so you're working part time already. You have no benefits. You're fucking, you're the definition of expendable at right. that point. <laughs> So I decided, all right, I'm not going back to Publix. <laughs> this next weekend. So instead of quitting, I call and tell them I had family illness that I had to attend to. <laughs> you asked me earlier in the show about the – so I told them my, like, my grandmother on my dad's side had passed away, and I had to go and, like, we had to go out of town and attend to her state and blah, 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 blah. Like, they call, sick, but she was passed away. And, like, two weeks later, my mom's like, who knows he hasn't been going to work? Because I didn't tell my parents I quit. So I'm just happy having weekends again, being like, yes, yeah, fucking awesome. <laughs> Not in the work, fucking for like a slave, making $80 a fucking week. <laughs> Stupid shit like Swish wash. Swish wash. <laughs> fucking, fucking giving myself gangrenous of the crotch every day for fucking $10 a day. <laughs> Getting fucking Frito crotch. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks like a fucking Cheeto stuck to your leg. Ugh. The thin ones. <laughs> So, so your mom apparently like figured so out. My mom's like, oh, she didn't say anything at first, but then Publix called the house and it was the general manager that called and they were like, we know Kenny's grandma passed away, but we're really shorthanded and we can really use his help if he could come in to stay. My mom, I mean, was like, his grandma didn't die. <laughs> like she didn't cover for me at all. Mom, can you just be cool? And then, I don't know who they're talking yet. She comes out and finds me out in the yard, playing in the yard like I'm a fucking happy teenager again. Probably fucking out there breaking like, bottles and shooting like shit. Like happy days are here again yeah, and shit. Yeah, skipping yeah. around. Why do I have to pretend like I can be an adult? She's going to suck my whole rest of my life. <laughs> so, Why she have to pay bills yet? I'm 16. What the fuck's wrong with you people? <laughs> so... Um, she comes out there and she's like, uh, yeah, your job called. <laughs> uh, apparently they thought your grandmother had died. And I was like, uh oh, she's like, yeah, I told them that she didn't. And you need to go to, they need you to come in. And I'm like, I don't want to go in. She's like, you have to go. To the, to the, so I was like in on it. 
So I get there and they immediately fire me. They pull me in. They try to give me this big lecture. And I seriously stop her at one point and go, man, I'm a, I'm a bad boy at a grocery store. <laughs> this is not my career. Like she started minute. going down this path of you could never work for Publix again. And I was like, let me stop you. <laughs> You're taking this way too Hold soon. on. <laughs> Let's back up a tick. <laughs> so your mom is on the phone with a general <laughs> manager who's calling like with condolences. Not to condolences say, to try no, to no, no, make to, to say you, to say we're sorry to hear about your grandmother or whoever passing mom it away. was passing away, but we really need Kenny to come in. We are in dire need of his services. So your mom immediately throws <laughs> right, you yeah, throw right me. under the fucking bus. He lied to you. <laughs> My son is a fucking liar, ma'am. <laughs> and I think you should fire him. Why don't we tell him you need to go into work and then just fire him? Like your mom probably talked him into firing you. They probably were like, we really uh, need him to come they in. They were heated about it. This lady was mad. <laughs> she had your office. So how old were you again? 15. 15 years old. And she was mad that you had made up an excuse to get out of your job as a bag boy at Publix. And then she tried to chastise you. Like, I was trying to, to give you like the real lecture you get at a real job. <laughs> I'm like, you, you know you're She tried to publicly shame you for quitting. You like, I make like $6.50 an hour, right? No, I was banned. She told me I was going to be banned from Publix. And that's when I was like. I think my facial expression spoke for me where she was like, oh, you know, obviously you don't give a fuck. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I give two and fucks they fired about this. Me and my dad had dropped me off and gone back home. So then I have to stand out in front of the fucking Publix. Your dad was like, I'm not coming back for a while. Yeah, you know my dad. We've talked about him before. He ain't going <laughs> to stop what he's doing a second time to come drive out there and come pick me up again. Kenny's dad is Ken. As a matter of fact, I got tired and called my grandpa, <laughs> who lived down the street, and he came and got me, and I sat at my grandpa. But for like an hour and a half, I'm standing outside of the place I just got fired from, doing right. a little walk of shame every time an employee comes out like the other bank boys were helping people to their car <laughs> like pointing laughing no they weren't pointing laughing because their, their thighs were going switch wide. There's, there's no happiness on work days when you're a bag boy in the summer in the south oh dude the humidity here for you people who are in the northeast or apparently the abundant amount of people in japan who are listening um there's by the way let me just take a sidetrack here a lot of people in Japan are listening to the show right now. I don't Weird. know why that is. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But if you're it's not like from the ninety percent humidity down here, and like you sweat from standing still, it so can when be, you have to push groceries around for fucking poor for rich people who can afford better food than you. It sucks. If you go outside and it's eighty five degrees, it immediately feels like it's one hundred and twenty because of the amount of humidity. You'll like, lose you just, like. 10 pounds of sweat in a day. So all the other bag boys are walking out and swish watching. They're all walking out looking at me like, man, I wish I got fired. (laughs) Wish my parents would rat me out. The only time I ever quit a job, I had to go back to work for a job that I'd worked for a long time. I had a job at uh, Dairy Queen. (laughs) I needed something from the store like a week after that. I was like, oh. (laughs) I'm not going to Publix. (laughs) No, it's the exact opposite. I was like. Be awkward. Man, fuck that. I ain't driving out of my way. When they're boss of shit, I don't give a fuck about the people. <laughs> I hope the man true was there. It's like, I bet she won't ban me from buying shit. <laughs> Kenny bought one stick of deodorant and was like, Can I have somebody no, take this to buying, my car? I was buying a London Bro. <laughs> I was going to say, Can I have somebody take the stick of deodorant to my car? I was buying ludicrous amounts of red meat. My last check. Um, the, uh, the only time I ever quit like that from a job has been, uh, I had to go back to work for Dairy Queen because that typical story that a lot of kids have in their twenties where you do something stupid 
and you end up with a phone bill that's like a lot of money. What'd you do? Um, let's just say somebody was in jail and I had to talk to them and I didn't realize exactly how expensive it would get when we got the phone bill. Anyway, uh, me and my girlfriend at the time had to go back to work for Dairy Queen. So for a little while, we're working both our eight to five like corporate jobs and we're also going to Dairy Queen every night and working like four hours. And I've told you guys before about working for Dairy Queen. I worked for a future state senator at that point. Um, and I bet he, he paid his phone bill right. <laughs> well, the phone bill was paid fine. It was just, you know, somebody being in jail and you're talking to him. You don't realize, like, oh, that's like a dollar and a half every minute or some shit. Dude. They tell you right at the beginning of the call. They didn't tell me at that time. They tell, they, no, it's the first thing when you call somebody in jail. This call cost you X amount of They didn't tell me that. Dude. You didn't listen to that. You, no. They well, you weren't good at math. <laughs> we both know that I'm really good at math. We both know that I'm the only person you would trust with your money if you ever made any. Let's just put it that way. you're good at math. It just means you're stingy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm working my regular eight to five job. I had some, I think I was doing the telemarketing thing at that point, like where I was calling people during the day and getting yelled at by them, which was <laughs> glorious. The job Paul got fired <laughs> And then I would go home at night and I would flip burgers from like, dude, I would, I would get there at like six and I would work until 11 or 12 because we'd have to close and shit. I wonder if the Colombians are going to run up a big phone bill trying to call Paul. (laughs) I think they're just going to have him stabbed. I really do. So with a pen. So I was working this, uh, this whole situation where I'm going back to, and you have to understand, I worked at Dairy Queen when I was like a kid, kid, like when I was 16 years old. So going back when I'm like 20 years old, it's like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> you were so grown. <laughs> I was obviously very grown at this time. But I remember looking over like three. You were so grown that you didn't understand how collect calls were. <laughs> I was like three months into this. And I look over at my girlfriend at the time and I'm like, I don't think I can go into work tonight. Do you? And they were, they were shorthanded as fuck. Like every night we would get there, they were like, thank God you're here. Nobody's on the grill right now. There's fucking hamburgers landing on the floor. You've got to get back it's there. It's a code red. <laughs> exactly, dude. Threat level midnight. This is serious. So Paul's in prison. <laughs> it always comes back to that. So I look over at my girlfriend. I'm like, I just can't do this. I, I can't do it. There's no way I'm going to be able to go. We've got enough money. We had paid the phone bill off a month ago, but we were like, let's let's be responsible adults and work enough to put some money away. Oh, stupid. And we were two week, we were two weeks into the let's be responsible adults still working at the uh, restaurant at Dairy Queen. And I said, I can't do this anymore. So I called up our manager at the time. Uh, I think her name was Barbara or some shit like that. Barbara. I'm like, Barbara, this is not happening tonight. Um, uh, me and my girl are not coming in. And uh, I- I'm sorry. It's just not going to work out tonight. And Barbara goes right the fuck off. Like, Barbara loses her goddamn mind. Don't you ever try to get a fucking job up here again. This woman was like 62 years old and was probably scarier than some pit bulls I've met in my life that were like really hungry. You should have pissed her off. Dude, she lost her goddamn mind. But that wasn't the worst part. Showing up at Dairy Queen like three hours later, buying a blizzard. (laughs) <laughs> that's bold right there that's a bold move cotton that's, that's a bold i would have thrown that blizzard on your ass i would have got arrested that day if i'd been the manager so yeah that was the uh the way that story ended i was i looked over at my girl at the time and i was like i could really go for a blizzard right now what about you and she's like i'm feeling an oreo blizzard let's do this <laughs> y'all are dickheads it's just the way it happens man dickhead blizzard <laughs> Bye, Felicia. 
That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. This is not over, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming to Now That I'm Older. money for us. It was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive.